Hey, how you doing? Hi, I'm good. We're both a little sleepy this afternoon. Oh my god. <laughs> well, fortunately for us, the movie we're discussing today is something that we've both seen many times. Um, yes. It's a favorite of both of ours, and it's the fifth anniversary in that this weekend, um, or I think actually today. I think it premiered. I thought it was Cannes. Friday. Oh, it was Friday. Maybe it was Friday. Uh-huh. But it premiered in Cannes after uh, uh, LA, I believe. But anywho. Uh, that is to say that 50 minutes into watching the movie, I fell asleep and took about <laughs> an hour, a little over an hour nap until the movie ended. And then I woke up and part of my dream was that a U2 song played in the movie. And I was like, <laughs> certainly that's not the case. <laughs> it's been a while yeah. since I've seen this, but, you know, I, no. I don't think, I don't think that... there's any <laughs> pop music at all. <laughs> but I feel comfortable saying that. That is to say that, yes, I am a little sleepy. But how are you? I what can't believe. To? I'm good. Um, what have I been up to? Nothing. Um, as per usual. Um Cooking, hanging out with Paddington, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Did you make anything playing fun? Playing games. I haven't made anything mind-blowing. Oh, my birthday was this week. We haven't yes. recorded since my birthday. Yeah. You you planned a surprise Mamma Mia Zoom chat. <laughs> That's correct. It was so fun. It was very fun. It was really fun. You had all of my besties on, and everyone was dressed up like they were on a Grecian island, even though we're all stuck in our homes. Right. And... Uh, I cracked open a brewski. Then we watched Hail Caesar. I had made scallop risotto. So yeah, actually, really good day. Yeah, I mean, as awesome. far as like birthday goes, all I ever want to do is like watch a movie and drink a beer and like see my friends. So mm-hmm. I was thrilled. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Good. Well, my weekend. I'm I- trying to think of all that I. I've done. I've been so tired like all weekend long. Also, it's very annoying because like on Monday of last week or maybe it was Sunday, I looked at the weather and it said it was going to storm every single day. So I was like, ooh, that's kind of nice. And then it hasn't really been. And so that's been a mm-hmm. little confusing because sometimes <laughs> I like to just like lay inside and like cuddle up on the couch. I like, like, I like to two read a days book. of raining in a row. You can just like zen out, read a book, watch yeah. a movie, stay cozy. And it's just, mm, yeah, I feel for you. I uh, I finally convinced, well, we're also, now it says we're supposed to have rain for like the next week. And I'm like, who the fuck even knows? But I did finally convince Micah that it'd be okay if we got an Airbnb for next weekend because it's Memorial Day weekend. And I feel like if the weather is nice, everyone and their mom is going to be out and about in the city of Austin. And it's just going to piss me off when I'm like laying in or sitting in my house trying to be like, you know, a good coronavirus person. <laughs> I don't, yeah. You know, protector. Um so we're gonna we're getting like a little tiny house on like 50 acres in the middle of nowhere i'm like if we just clean it down ourselves (laughs) and if we cook all of our own food then it's like one of my big things is i know of people who are like going out to restaurants in other towns because they don't have as many rules and i'm like i don't really think that's the point and we don't really need to make this like coronavirus talk uh podcast but Anywho. Next weekend, I'm going to my parents' mountain house, which has been deserted. And honestly, I probably could have gone to earlier if mm-hmm. I was feeling motivated. But headed out this weekend. Yeah, just like a little change of scenery. Um, but still being your responsible self. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be, I mean, it is funny because like, there's nothing really to do up there other than like... <laughs> walk like the there's some like more secluded hike type things than anything around here which is nice and there's like a back porch which I don't have and the weather should be a little cooler than it is here this weekend it's been like mid to high 80s which has Mm. kind of been unenjoyable a little bit I mean it's fine but like I don't like stay outside forever in 88 degrees yeah yeah that'll be good yeah that'll be nice cool anything else Let's see. Have you been watching anything else on TV? Any other movies? Oh, I've been watching, rewatching Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> oh my God. Is that newly on Netflix? 
Yeah, I just went up this weekend. Okay, I um, saw the app for it, and then I saw yeah, it yeah, <laughs> because I I also like put it on my story and like literally got more attention than anything I've ever posted on my story. So many people <laughs> were like, "Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, same." When I so was in, I think people were waiting. <laughs> yeah, when I was in high school, um, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was that show. But three of my friends, like, never came to the high school football games. And I was like, okay, yeah, like, it's not their thing, whatever. And then one day they pulled me aside and they're like, we have to tell you a secret. And I was like, oh, my God, what is it? (laughs) And they're like, the reason why we don't go to the football games is because we watch Avatar every Friday. (laughs) And it was just, like, this, like, weird, like, (laughs) thing that they felt they needed to keep private. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I don't know anything about it. But, like, that's fine. I mean, in high school, in high school saying, like, we have to stay home and watch, like, the cartoon show is like not really a cool way to spend a Friday <laughs> night, arguably no offense to them. Um, and then, I mean, you are showing your age because I watched Avatar in middle school. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. We were like early high school. So yeah, yeah. How old are you these days, Meg? 27. Brand new. Thank you. Oh, I will okay. be flaunting my youth. <laughs> yeah. Because I just wanted to remind you, I'm 28. So. Right. Right. Not for long, but yeah, uh, pretty much pretty close. <laughs> for a couple months, I have a couple months. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I have. I feel like. I mean, a lot of my friends are like just barely older than me at this point, you know. Um, and so I feel like basically the fountain of youth. And then the other day, I was talking to a friend of mine, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm turning 26 this summer." I'm like, ah, fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. My friend group here ranges from like. Well, it's hard to say because everyone gets older, but I I feel like when a couple years ago I celebrated like a friend's twenty third birthday, and we were like, right. whoa. Yeah, that would that would seem a little crazy to me. I probably anything made, younger like, a than my sister reference, and I don't yeah. think she got it. You know that kind of thing. <laughs> anything younger than my sister seems very young. Um, also, yeah. I mean, the reason that my friends are just short a little bit older than me is because I've hijacked all of your friends. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the truth? Aren't you mad? No, not you really. Moved. You left them here. <laughs> I'll take over. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Eh, I feel like at this point, it doesn't really matter as long as you're kind of in the same uh, yeah, like no. life phase. Yeah. It's like once it's you a start lot having friends age your and, age and who are like <laughs> getting married and like trying to have kids and then you're like... right. I feel like that's when I'm going to feel like, oh, wow, when people are having kids. Because obviously I'm having friends who are getting married. Not this summer. They all got delayed. But yikes. uh, Yeah. (laughs) In general. Yeah. Oh, the wedding I was supposed to go to in Spain got delayed. But yeah, that was kind of. Actually, the person who's going to get married was one of the ones who used to watch Avatar The Last Airbender. Gasp, so and look, you're just ratting can, them out. <laughs> <laughs> look at him. He can make it through anything. Oh, <laughs> uh, I mean, Avatar is a pretty good show. <laughs> I know a lot of people really enjoy it, but it is like one of those things that people seem like in their youth, they were kind of ashamed to enjoy. And now in our adulthood, when quarantine is like pretty, pretty much oppressive, everyone's like, yeah, this is. This is calming for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never seen it. Um, I've been watching, and by that I mean I've seen two episodes. Well, actually, okay. I finished last night Waco, which was mm-hmm. a miniseries that was on Paramount Network in 2018. Okay, because you texted me. We ended up watching Waco, and I didn't engage with that, but I was like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's Michael Shannon, and Michael Shannon's plays um an fbi agent an fbi negotiator this is interesting i feel like i should know about that i love michael (laughs) and then taylor kitsch plays david koresh and so taylor kitsch i feel like you like him from some show (laughs) yeah true detective the name just rings a bell (laughs) true detective season two (laughs) yeah the most beloved season of true detective um yeah the girl who plays supergirl melissa Benoist. Benoist. She's in it. She plays one of David Koresh's many wives. Uh, Julie Garner from Ozark fame or Dear John fame is in it, who plays another one of the wives. 
Man, um, you're really baiting me today to say Dear John <laughs> right in front of me when I'm in a singing mood. It's uh, it's six episodes. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it came to Netflix. And Steph and I watched the pilot when it came out. But then it was like having to keep track of a week to week on a on Paramount Network. Paramount? Network I've that, like, never heard of that. They were going to do the Heathers TV show that like I don't think ever aired they like advertised what for happened that show. To that? i remember that i'm wearing my heather so scrunchie right now and that was like <laughs> part of the advertisement for like they screened heather's the movie for free at draft house in promotion for heather's the tv show i would have watched right. the tv show something but- something happened with the tv show like it like i don't know something like dramatic happened i remember specifically and it was like Okay, this is not happening anymore. Yeah. Um, but it was like kind sure. of like hush hush, I guess. Yeah, I don't know if we were let's see. Oh, like it says it says I- that there were ten episodes of it. Uh original version, HBO Europe, edited version, Paramount Network. Uh, I just feel like I would have heard more about this. I remember seeing the trailer though and it feeling like it just seemed more like mean girls and less like Heathers. Like Heathers is a very specific Yeah vibe and when you modernize it i think it just kind of the it's less yeah i don't know if we need a tv show either no we had thoroughbreds that was that was good enough for (laughs) preppy mean girls (laughs) yeah oh that was so good yeah i can't really find anything that shows like if it ever truly aired here um, it says, though Paramount Network had pulled the series, the production companies involved, the show had already sold the series international broadcast rights. So it went to HBO Network or HBO Europe. So it kind of sounds like it never even showed here um, as an average Rotten Tomatoes of 29%. So oh, and Rotten Tomatoes is like really forgiving with television. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, so... Don't really know what happened with it. I'm trying to oh, find out who played the Heathers. But yeah, it just, I don't, it kind of just never came to be. But anywho, yeah. uh, Waco, we finished that last night and then I started watching High Fidelity. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of what got me interested in watching the movie that we watched for today. Also the fact that the Blank Check Boys are gearing up for this one. Yeah, we're beating them by a week. I know. So now we need to scoop them on all the facts. <laughs> so I think we have a lot. They're of gonna have way over. more facts and way more insight. I know. I'm, I'm like I feel like we do a lot better to follow first. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if we didn't go first, we would likely just be like, "A uh, really short episode this week. Um, go right. listen to the blank check episode." Because... Well, David said on the blank check episode that. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe the blank check episode will be able to uh, really nail down how long the shoot was for this movie because we've we seen anywhere did from intensive uh, research. We've seen and anywhere from conclude. 120 days. So what is that? Like four months. Four months. To nine months. Nine months. So this movie was shot over time. Mm-hmm. And that's part. And that's part of the production of the movie. <laughs> Very good. Well, should we get into it? (laughs) Yeah. Vroom, vroom. (laughs) Vroom, vroom. We're talking about cars. No, just kidding. Fast and Furious. Um, So (laughs) I finally won. Noriega broke down. No, I'm just kidding. And I watched all of the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, my gosh. I would never put that upon you. Thank God. I'd love to do it again. Um, Anyway. No. Vroom, vroom. We're talking about Mad Max Fury Road, baby. Yes. Five-year anniversary. (sighs) Five-year anniversary. Out of competition at Cannes, which, like, seems weird, but also, like, kind of fits, makes sense. It does in some ways, and it does in others. Can you imagine being in the Cannes audience for Mad Max Fury Road and then coming back and having to just, like, wait well, like, I think it came out like, <laughs> pretty soon after. I, I think it did, too. I It wasn't a long... Because uh, I remember it was early in the summer. I could look yeah. it up, but I didn't. That's um, okay. But the I point is... I mean, like, because I remember the trailers for Fury Road, and, like, in hindsight, it is like, okay, they kind of laid out the movie for you, but you still don't really know exactly what you're getting into, and it's, 
I mean, we both fucking love this movie. Okay. <laughs> this whole episode is going to be us being like, yeah, this movie fucks. <laughs> this movie fucks hard. Uh, so it had its world premiere on May 7th in L.A. And then on May 14th, mm. it screened out of competition at the 68th Cannes Film Festival. And then it was released one day after in movie oh, theaters. Man, that's fun. Yeah. <laughs> But still imagine being in the first audience and just being like, oh, my God, what the fuck just happened? (laughs) Whoa, it says Fury Road, however, or was, however, never granted a release in China, the world's second biggest movie market due to its intense nature. But it almost was almost immediately available for legal screening on various online platforms. Interesting. That's interesting when you consider the box office. Yeah, which is... Hi. Ooh. Um. Punch my microphone. Yeah. <laughs> well, so they're think they're speculating that so it was a two hundred million dollar budget, and they're speculating that had it been released in China, it would have passed the four hundred million dollar mark. It grossed one hundred and fifty three point six million in North America, two hundred and twenty four point eight million in other territories, with a worldwide total of. 374.7 oh i mean it definitely would have gone over 400 if it had been released in china that's only 25 million yeah so <laughs> um i mean this movie is like a blockbuster movie it's so exciting i was actually so shocked great. when you said you fell asleep because yesterday i was watching fury road and i was just like getting so amped and just was like this is movies this is why i do this this is so fucking good god damn can you imagine how did they do this i was really i was really amped i was texting i was texting our friend again and she was uh not you know not on this journey with me but i was just like quadruple texting her being like damn have you seen this movie yeah damn this movie's slaps oh so good (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't know what to tell you i didn't mean to fall asleep but like my cat nuzzled in my arms and like how is i not supposed to spoon him no also sunday energy is a lot different than like saturday midday i had just eaten lunch and was like amped as hell i had just eaten lunch and was like snoozy as hell i'm like a cat (laughs) uh, myself but i remember what i saw this in theaters two or three times and the first time Mm -hmm. I went to go see it I went with a couple of my friends that you know actually I went with Chris Kelly and Keith and I remember Mm -hmm. that I I think maybe they said that they wanted to see it and I was like yeah yeah me too and we went and I watched it and my heart was just like pumping the whole time because there's really not like any downbeats like in the movie. Like no. you're just no. going. You're like along for the right. journey. The second the movie starts, the second that car and then just even, like pulls out, you're in it. <laughs> even when things are a little quieter, like like I'll, I'll, I guess the less, you know, amped moments are like when they're like trying the to women. fix the rig out mm-hmm. in the wood or in the wasteland with the women. You still know that, you know, they're like the, on the t- their tail. The army is on their tail and could come up through the dust at any second. Right. So even when they're just like, you know, taking a breather, drinking water, screwing on things onto a car. I don't know anything about trucks. <laughs> oh, I do. <laughs> you're so like, you're like, you gotta get it. moving. But then it's also so stressful because you like they. You, we don't really know the destination, and we, the audience, are like. There's no way that there's just out in the middle here, like some paradise that is, you know, unknown to everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and having watched all the other Mad Max movies, you're like, I, I'm like, I know they they never make it to the promised land. That's oh, not really? how this goes. <laughs> yeah, that's like the goal in every Mad Max movie. Is like, well, I heard about this place where everything's okay, and that place does not exist. <laughs> mm. Well, yeah, when I was watching it, I was, like, so locked into it. I think the music is so great. Like, they have the guy with the guitar that has, like, a flamethrower in it that was, like, apparently oh real, and it weighed, like, 130 pounds, and the whammy when bar you watch, was what ignited uh, it. <laughs> it when just, you watch the making of, and they're all, like, they're all bungeed to the cars, and it is, like, I understand that they're tied on to, like, safety rigs but all that shit just seems so tenuous and i know there's science and they're professionals and they're doing it as safe as you can do it but it's seems fucking insane when they do the stuff with the um pole cats the people on top of mm-hmm. like 
the poles that like bend and move back and forth. I just like the idea alone is breathtaking. And then when you see him do it, you're like, this is insane. And then they're doing takes. And in the documentary, they're like, well, you know, George Miller had this idea to do this and he had this image in his head of what it was going to look like, but we didn't think we'd actually be able to do it. So we kind of got like a CGI version, but it didn't look real. It wasn't really coming together. And we finally got these like guys who basically said they could do it. And then they started doing it on moving cars. And he's like, yeah. So like we started and the cars would just be going pretty slow. And then, you know, over time things just got faster and it cuts to them just like whipping down the road. Oh my God. 20 feet in the air and you're like oh my god (laughs) well that's the thing that i feel like not a lot of people notice about the movie but like there really aren't that many special effects like a lot of it is actually real um as far as like stunts and everything is concerned like i know that charlize they put like uh like a green sleeve on her for her arm but really like a lot of the things that you see like with the exception of they would use um special effects to like make the crowds look bigger but it says it contains 20,000 visual effects shots um yeah i mean i'm sorry 2000 i'm gonna i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep coming back to the documentary but it is fascinating because it goes a lot specifically into the stunts but there's the one shot where it's like from the side during like the first chase Mm -hmm. the like first big chase when they're chasing furiosa Mm -hmm. um where the guy what great name yeah the guy has two spears and he jumps off the back of a car and like tries to stab into the car and they show that scene and basically it's all real the only difference is in the real take right before he's gonna stab into the car the like bungee cord whips him back and then the fake or in the you know movie take it just shows him crashing into it yeah that was what (sighs) i was gonna say is that all of like obviously the bungees and everything were edited out but uh beyond that there wasn't really too much that and, uh, they had to do and, and then post yeah, spoiler alert when the big when the war rig crashes right at the end that's mm-hmm. a real crash and basically the only thing that's added is like he like a lot of the debris is accurate because they show like the shot of the actual crash and then they just add in like the steering wheel whipping towards you yeah so and they like up, they add like they edit the skies apparently yeah yeah but oh, all the color all the color was like really you know, amped, yeah. obviously. But it is crazy. They talk about it, like, how so they shot in Namibia, and they were like, it's literally, like, as far as you can see, nothing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, that's such a blessing. You can control everything in the shot because it's just empty land all the way out. <laughs> yeah. Um, according to Wikipedia, it was uh, Miller's wife who was the editor on the film, and apparently that was because he thought that she could make it stand out from other action films. And she's even said herself, like, had he hired, you know, anyone else or presumably like a male editor, it would just be like any other action film out there. And so she wanted to be able to, like, put her own touch on it. Yeah. And I think that, like, the cool thing about this movie is just, like, the feminism aspect. Because you don't see yeah. that a lot, in, like, especially and, in these And it's also, it's movies. not, like, in your face. No. Like, I don't know. Sometimes it's, like, I don't know. Like, I enjoyed Laura Croft's Tomb Raider okay. more than a lot of people did, you know? Uh-huh. But it doesn't need to be so, like, overt. Like, what I really like the wives because they are useful, but they are, like, objectively a weight on <laughs> Furious and Max. Like, they, it's carrying around five people who don't really know what they're doing, and they're, like, kind of, like, you know, more pampered than everyone else in this world. And they're kind of a burden, but Mm -hmm. throughout the movie, they are, you know, helpful and they are strong emotionally and physically. And when Rosie Huntington Whitley like throws herself in front of them and you're like, this is really nice. They're like Mm -hmm. using what they have to like be a team. Yeah. I love this movie. (laughs) 
I know. I just remember walking out being like, this movie was cool as fuck, and there's feminism in it. Like, yeah. guys are going to want to see this just because it's, like, an adrenaline rush, and it sees, like, right. insane cars and, like, the, like, guitars and all of this shit. And, yeah, there are pretty women in it, too, but there's also, like, a feminist uh, message. I do I do think it's really funny that I, I texted this to Gan. I was like, I love that whoever casted this was like, okay, so we have Tom Hardy, we have Nicholas Holt, and then I guess maybe just six the most beautiful women in the world are they available (laughs) yeah (laughs) because Um, it is like any movie where like Charlize Theron is like the the not desirable one (laughs) it's incredible uh, (laughs) to think about Charlize's film career being that she like started as Uh, a model and she's uh, like with the except I know I have one friend Keith actually who I mentioned earlier he like does not get the Charlize appeal, and I will never understand. Right. I'm like, this is like oh. one of the first conversations we had because yeah, <laughs> you it's... were like, I have a friend who isn't into Charlize Theron, and I was like, I just can't do it that right now. It's, it's too much <laughs> for me. But um, so she's like just this gorgeous human being, and then she takes these roles. Like she got her Oscar for Monster, which mm-hmm. I've seen, and she looks like a completely different person. And then like right. maybe. I assume that she's an athlete growing up because she takes just a lot of action roles or maybe that's just mm-hmm. like the niche that she kind of put like thinks she fits best into. Um, though we did like I her also in the long think, shot. I, yeah. Sure. I also think that it's kind of, I mean, it, I think it's kind of like a Christian Bale thing, which is like, if you're not doing something so drastic and intense, it doesn't, it might not feel as much like, Acting like that's what Christian Bale always says. He says he feels like he's coasting if he's not like drastically changing his body mm. or his like whatever he's doing. So I could see like once you do something like Monster and have such like critical success, you could be like, I'm not pushing myself unless I'm like physically pushing myself. <laughs> Remember when we both saw Young Adult? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Wait, that or Tully. W- what are you talking about? Oh, Tully, Tully, Tully. Yeah. I was like, well, I don't think we saw Young Adult at the same time. We definitely both saw Tully. <laughs> yeah, that was that was um that was a lot. Uh talk about pushing yourself. But yeah, apparently uh the playwright Eve Ensler was invited onto set to be an on set advisor. She wrote mm-hmm. the vagina monologues. And okay. I was just listening to the Zoe Kravitz, armchair expert, and she said that like before filming even began uh, all of the wives had to like go on a two week retreat with Eve. And basically this lady has this like refuge or um, safe space for women who ha- have been like victims of sex like trafficking. And just to like, and George Miller apparently was like, this is a theme of the movie. Like I recognize that like these girls are held as prisoners against their own will made to like carry my children or the and like the guys the children movie, the actions of the movie wouldn't happen if they weren't escaping like that right. is the whole movie basically and <laughs> like Zoe, i understand that doesn't really have anything to do with mad max but it's not really about him he's along for the ride yeah yeah that's what's <laughs> the most fun about this i think yeah <laughs> um but yeah and so it was like it was just really nice because like he it wasn't like obviously a huge is a big part of the movie, but it wasn't so, like, in your face. It's not like when you're shooting some sort of, like, ballet movie and you need to, like, go to ballet camp to learn right. how to be a ballerina, you know? Right. Um, They're already so going to be dealing cool. with, like, just so much sand. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, one of the first things that they talk about in the documentary is, like, all the tech guys are out there and they're like, we have to do something about the sand. And George Miller's like, accept the sand. We're not fighting the sand. <laughs> this, is, this is, the sand is our friend. We were just going to have to figure out how to get around it. And they're like, it gets in all the little nooks and crannies of every camera. It gets in the eyes of actors. You can't do anything. And they're like, if an actor gets sand in his eyes, the character gets sand in their eyes. <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. Well, that's what Zoe was saying is that like this is one of her first movies that she did and they're like in Namibia and they're there she said for nine months which we again we've heard some (laughs) conflicting it might have felt like nine months it might be a Robert Pattinson how long have we been on this rock situation (laughs) for real but um but yeah and she was just like for the most of the shoot we're like in the back of this truck like it 
it was a pretty hard and strenuous shoot and apparently like they would go up and ask George Miller questions and he would just close his eyes like he could see it so clearly in his head <laughs> and he was like trying to articulate it but I know that yeah. both Charlize and Tom Hardy were uh, a little frustrated on set and they've both you know come out and apologize for it Tom Hardy apologized <laughs> at Cam pro- can probably when he saw like the first or the final cut of it but they were apparently were both like what the fuck are we doing and like they were so frustrated because they're like I don't know what this movie is <laughs> but my question for you would be how different is this from any other Mad Max movie yeah it's it's different um I mean they do all kind of ramp up but the exponential jump from so it's Mad Max um Mad Max 2 the Road Warrior mm-hmm. and then Mad Max 3 Beyond Thunderdome and mm. they definitely like the first one is like not really post-apocalyptic like the first one Max is a is a cop like he has a job and they're like bandits that are like kind of are causing trouble but it's I mean he has like a house and a wife and a child like it's relatively normal and then between one and two things pretty much go off the road which I think it was just George Miller being like this is all I've really wanted to do this whole time <laughs> and that one is <laughs> more like we're in the middle of the desert there is like this small kind of like peaceful stronghold and they're protecting that stronghold that has like water and gas and there's like a bunch of bad guys trying to come and steal that mm. and then the third one it's like even further basically where there's uh basically a you know kind of more uh fascist society um and he gets you know trapped there and he's working and uh but that one is fun because uh it's just like a crazy cast like tina turner's in charge of the oh shit post-apocalyptic anti-society but she's basically kind of like the immortan joe in this one where she's clearly like the be-all end-all but max gets in trouble and has to like you know fight someone in a thunderdome where they're like tied to bungee cords and then after that the second half of the movie is not that great he like gets banished to the desert and like comes across these kids that are kind of like um peter pan like lost boys types kids and he like ends mm. up having to take care of them but then this seems like this the one best is just of them all this is 100% the best. And every time I was watching one of the first three, I'm like, this is good. But it's not as good as, as Fury Road. And I I saw Fury Road first, so I am a little biased. biased. <laughs> yeah. But um, but you can see, like, a lot of the action, the action type stuff that are in this, you can see it inspired from the earlier ones. Like, I mean, the only special effects from one through three basically are like speed ramping like sometimes things just speed up a little bit you know yeah but it's no slow-mo or anything it's just sometimes apparently that's george miller and he when he was watching the movie or the scene it was like if i don't if i can't quickly understand what's going on because it's going too fast we're gonna slow it down and if we're going if I, it seems too slow then we'll speed it up which is like kind of yeah. cool that he like <laughs> went frame but or like scene by scene and adjusted like how many frames were in the scene yeah uh, so that's kind of fun it's intentional and it feels like it has momentum and there's there's some parts i i really liked some parts in two um and three i feel like just kind of ends like bleh but um I don't know. It, you can see the progression, but this one is just like, it, it very much feels like, okay, I have a budget that's basically <laughs> like, I'll do whatever I want. I mm-hmm. can cast, you know, some of the biggest movie stars. I don't have to deal with Mel Gibson anymore. <laughs> um, yeah. And let's just Apparently go out in the middle of nowhere and I'll just be in charge. <laughs> Apparently Mel sat with him, or sat next to George Miller at Cannes, though. And yeah, I think they're still said, bros. Like, I like I the mean, movie. I'll have to double check, but like Mad Max is like his first big. Like that was Yeah, what I think this is how we like broke into America. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and George Miller had said too because I mean, they he started thinking this up, you know, at least a decade or so before this even came about and he always wanted Max to be about the same age as in the first ones and so that's why they recast yeah. 
So I figured I yeah. could let you know. I do think Tom Hardy is really good in this one. But yeah. in general, I mean, even in the other Mad Max movies, like, he he's very stoic. And he, mm-hmm. you're just kind of, like, going along with him. Some of them, I mean, he obviously is, like, you know, kind of arguably the action star badass of the movie. But it's... I don't know. He doesn't have to have a ton of depth. Um, like in this one, you see the flashbacks um, yeah. of the things that like haunt him from his past. And like that is kind of a part of it. But it's not a very vis- visibly emotional character ever. Yeah. Really. I saw something earlier and it said, uh, aside from grunts, Tom Hardy had, I think it was like 58 lines in this movie. No, literally he says nothing. Well, when you text me and you're like, he and Charlize have some like really good, they're like really good eye contact. And I'm like, he they doesn't do. speak. So yeah, they have to like convey their messages to each other somehow. His and they're good at it. like covered, you know. They're um, good at it. I love uh, this movie. Well, so here's something that would make you not like it as much. Should mm-hmm. things have gone another way, your mm-hmm. boy, who you would love to be quarantined with, Jeremy Renner, campaigned oh, for God. the role. I of did not Mad know who Max. you were talking about, and I was like, honestly, fuck right off. <laughs> I would not want to be quarantined with Jeremy Renner. My exact words were the least, <laughs> the person I'd least like to be quarantined with. Apparently, in uh, I think '07, they were getting pretty close to gearing up development again. And Heath Ledger was an option, which would be I you think know, back that would have been really, that would have been really good. I think that would have been a good a fun replacement. Um, Channing yeah. Tatum was also uh, in the running, but I don't think. I do you think he's too big? Like I don't like his. The, I like that Charlize kind of has has yeah. some height on Tom. Rosie Huntington-Whitley. I, think, I mean, they're I all models. Nice. Like, Zoe Kravitz yeah. looks so miniature compared to the other <laughs> yes. the other girl wives um, because she's not a runway model. It's like, yes. well, why she looks <laughs> No, here. she's just in pictures. She's just a gorgeous, beyond gorgeous human being. Who I, I like, love that the wives do off. have, like, distinct personalities. That's... Like, because I think it would be really easy for them to just be a unit, you know? But, like, at the end, every time, like, I don't know who said this, but someone says, like, if it's a really good script, you when you read it, you should know who's saying what or who's doing what, even if you don't know, even if their name isn't listed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, by the end, all the actions of all the wives, you're like, of course that one does that. Of course that one does that. Of course that one does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is fun. It is fun. It's a good movie. Well written. Well it's, made. <laughs> it's a good movie. This is the first Mad Max to win Oscars. Uh, mm-hmm. It won six. I remember that Oscar ceremony. So oh, I was campaigning for this. Okay, I, you're gonna be so you're gonna be so ashamed of me. I hadn't seen it. <gasps> oh no! Isn't that crazy? Because I I don't know. It was the summer. Oh, the it came out while changed. I was. It came out, I know, it came out when I was in Europe, mm-hmm. but I wasn't, like, seeing movies when I was, like, backpacking after college. <laughs> so wow. I was gone, and then I came back, and it wasn't in theaters, and everyone was like, you got to see it in theaters. And I was like, I'll just watch it at home because it's no longer in theaters. But then I didn't for the longest time, and then I remember that Oscar night watching, and it just, like, won every technical award, like, back to back to back to back, back. and everyone was like, is this going to win Best Picture? That would be insane. It should have, obviously. It should have. <laughs> but it just, it was just cleaning up. And I remember, after, like, the next day talking to my mom and her being like, well, that movie just looks like too much. And I'm like, I'm watching it today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it won um, Best Achievement in Film Editing, Best Achievement in Costume Design, Best Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling, Best Achievement in Sound Mixing, Best Achievement in Sound Editing, and Best Achievement in Production Design. And I just also, remember George Miller was, like, sitting next to all, like, the whole team because it's, like, every time someone won, George Miller stood up and hugged them. And you, I was just remember being, like, this movie, like, I got to see this fucking movie. God damn it. Another fun fact is that this is the second sequel to receive an Academy Award nomination for Best Picture without any of its predecessors being nominated. Do you know what the first was? Wait, we say it, we say it again. 
the second sequel to receive an Academy Award nomination for Best Picture without any of its predecessors being nominated. Okay. <laughs> okay, I can do this. <laughs> Is it Lord of the Rings? No. Okay, don't tell me. Think more downtown Griffey Nooms. Downtown My immediate thought was Robocop, but it's obviously not Robocop. <laughs> no. Um, it was a movie from 2010. Toy Story. That was the first. Toy, Toy Story. Toy Story 3. 3 was nominated, and it was after. It was because it was the first one since they bumped it out to 10 nominations. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. It makes sense. Yeah. So, that's a fun little fact for you. Man, I watched Toy Story the other day. Oh, it's good. It's a hot take. great movie. Hot take. The Toy Story franchise is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you heard it here I mean, first, it's just folks. clean. It's just, mm, mwah. Yeah. But no, uh, I guess we haven't even talked about Nicholas Holt and how great no. he is in this. How he looks Everyone absolutely is psychotic. Great, Literally insane. Like, it's a man that I'm objectively attracted to, and in oh this movie. <laughs> I was so attracted to him when this, or like, because I had seen X Men, and I was like, oh my God, yeah, the Beast obviously. is a stud. And Isn't it funny that you're into the Beast because Frasier plays the Beast <laughs> in the other X Men movies? <laughs> Kelsey Grammer, I mean. He's in the X Men movies? Yes, Kelsey Grammer plays the, like, adult Beast oh. in the original X Men movies. These, like, the Rebecca Romaine ones? Yes. <laughs> Do you like how I identify them as Rebecca Romain? Right. Uh, I think we could call them the I don't, the Hugh Jackmans. Well, is it? Whatever. Anywho. The James Marsdens? No. Um, no. I didn't know James. I haven't seen any of those, obviously. You didn't know James Marsden is in? Uh, what about the uh, Halle Berry's? Halle like Berry's. Yeah. yeah. Academy Award winning actress. Um, yeah, I liked Nicholas Holt. I thought he was so cute. And then this movie came out. And yeah, it was a little weird because I was like, oh boy, he like looks like he probably lost a ton of weight. They shaved his head. He looks like an absolute maniac. Like when he like smiles at the camera and it's like so manic. When he sprays the chrome on his mouth and then looks like right at the camera and says, I live, I die, I live again. It's yes. like a shot of adrenaline to my heart. I'm like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. And like, I'm not rooting for the bad guys, but it just like, ooh, man, this movie is so good. I'm amped. <laughs> yeah. Uh, apparently with the chrome, who is it? It was... I'm like looking at the the actor who played Amorton Joan said mm-hmm. that the spray ritual involves an inhalation of a very euphoric drug. So that's a spray paint. But yeah. also apparently um, chrome and chroming are Australian slang for inhalant abuse. Oh, see, because I feel like there's all this like... Australian shit that like just like whips Fucking right past Australian me. Australian shit. <laughs> because I was Googling something and Do now I'm not going to remember. Do we think Kate Blanchett could have been in this movie? If we're casting Kate Aussies? Blanchett. I mean, she could do it, but like, would she want to? She's been in so many period pieces recently. I'm just like wondering. I feel like maybe she's a little. I don't, I don't know, know if, if she's going to rough it. wants to be in the sand that much. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if she wants to rough it that much. <laughs> I wouldn't like no. no judgment to Kate. This looks like okay. hell. Yeah, especially um. hearing that it took either 120 days to nine months to shoot, and they're like in the middle of nowhere. Apparently, Charlize Theron and her mom would like host people during the shoot. So, because Charlize is from South Africa, so yeah. there is a little bit of community there. But I can't imagine. Like, I don't know how old Zoe Kravitz was during shooting this. I think she's only a little bit older than I am. So maybe like 25 and to be like in the middle of nowhere in, on like your first movie shoot. Like after she was in the new X-Men as well. But mm-hmm. so this was like after the new X-Men. Uh, 
Yeah, just seems nuts. So I remember what it was. Uh, I looked up the Doof Warrior, who's the guy that plays the electric guitar that has a flamethrower on mm-hmm. it. The 130-pound and... guitar. Casual. <laughs> like, honestly insane. Um, but apparently uh, it's Australian slang for techno rave parties, which are called Doof Parties. Oh. So I'm like, I've like just accepted so many things about this movie. And, like, even, like, the Chrome part, I remember thinking, oh, well, there are three movies before this. Like, that must be a callback. No. It's just, like, some dope shit that would, they just were like, we'll throw this in. I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, or I've tried to go before, and I didn't get, you know, other things come up. But every so often, uh, Alma Drafthouse will mm-hmm. screen the, like, Chrome in Black and this it. movie, and I'm always like, anyone want to go? Will anyone go with me? Doesn't it look so cool? And then it never happens. And I don't know why, I because do. this movie's so fucking bomb as is. And then with like a I cool know. chrome sheen to it, come I on. I am interested. I am interested, but I feel like the coloring in this movie is so good. We've we've been talking in our group in our group text about like a lot of TV shows that have filters for like the moods or wherever you are, and this movie's like very much like filtered, but it feels like. I mean, you're in the desert. Everything's gonna feel like radiant and orange and like hot. And then when they're when it's nighttime, everything's just like blue as fuck, you mm-hmm. know? Because it's like night, but it's still just one tone. So I I think it just really works here, and I think this is an excellent movie, and it makes me happy. Um, and it just like, and then it does have like considering this is like a post-apocalyptic movie where a lot of people do die it does have like a relatively positive ending where you're like maybe this is all going to work out for them considering even though this is like the most fucked up situation mm-hmm. yeah i do one of my favorite i laughed yesterday because it's they had realized that there was no green place and they were just driving kind of like just keep driving to see if they could reach you know like some civilization basically max like i think we should turn back and fight them and then head back to you know home basically and he's trying to convince Charlize Theron and, and the girls. And at one point, he's like, it'll be a hard day. And I'm like, it's going to be <laughs> like a war. And, but he just describes like, sure, it'll be a hard day to like beat off all these people mm-hmm. um, and, you know, trap them in the middle of the desert. But I just think this movie really comes together. It's so good. Yeah. I know, it was one of my favorites of the year. I think it's just kind of, as far as action movies go, uh, I say I would say it's probably the m- most well-done action movie mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It was in my top 20 of the decade, and then I cut it. It was, <gasps> it was not in my top 10. And after watching it again, I'm like, I just don't understand how I can not have it in there. So mm-hmm. I was probably just living in ignorance and trying uh, to, you know, <laughs> kill my darlings. But <laughs> yeah, it's just it's so nuts. This opened with Pitch Perfect 2. <laughs> what like two very distinct camps of what you could be yeah, seeing yeah. on that weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, basically, I would see them both. Um, uh, I remember Pitch Perfect Pitch 1 Perfect. in theaters with, my coll- with one of my college roommates. And we left and we were like, that was kind of fun. Like, did you enjoy that? We both thought that was going to be goofy. But I don't think the sequels are very good. The first mm-hmm. one I did like at the time a lot. I've uh, never seen them. Um, I'm also just like a type of bitch who sings. Yeah. Do you have a favorite character? Um, Furiosa, 100%. Such obviously. a fucking badass. <laughs> obviously. Oh, I love Charlize. <laughs> I want to be her. She's so fucking The whole cool. first, when when she is pretending that everything's normal, and she, there's the one guy who's, like, on the rig with her, and he's mm-hmm. like, hey, like, we're not going to Fuel Town or Bullet Town. Where are we going? She's like, detour. And he's yeah. like, okay. And, like, for, like, 45 minutes, that guy's still, like... <laughs> fighting on her side until until eventually he was like wait (laughs) is this an uprising and she's like yeah pretty much (laughs) he's like why aren't you telling me why won't you tell me where we're going and then charlie's just like throws him off the door that he was (laughs) hanging on you're like don't mess with her she's a tough bitch Um, i also love i mean like she has like basically no introduction no backstory no no they just like introduce her over the intercom as she's like leaving right Right. She, she's like the prime. I can't remember what her title was. I watched this yesterday. But um, 
Imperator, maybe? Uh, no. Yes, Imperator. Okay, yeah. So it's basically like she's like his top lieutenant. She's the mm-hmm. one who drives the big thing. She's going on the mission. And then, I mean, you understand immediately why she would help them escape, but you are just kind of like, how did she get this high up in this organization mm-hmm. and now like risks it all for these how women where they don't really know where they're going? She's so uh, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, they like, I always love in movies where they're like, well, these are the pretty ones and then she's the scary one. I'm like, uh, yeah. Because she shaved her head and you're like, yeah. <laughs> the fact that she can shave her head and still look gorgeous is uh, a yeah. real tribute to her being very beautiful. <laughs> It makes me mad. The part where all the wives are like washing themselves and look all like angelic oh, and one month's yeah, pregnant. Yeah, they look like sirens. And then, yeah, and then like right off to the side, Charlize Theron covered in dirt. And I'm like, yeah. gorgeous. All of them. God I damn know. it. I hate this. <laughs> um. Well, and so there's been some news about a potential sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, Furiosa sequel. A Furiosa one, and we saw this week that Jodie Comer is apparently being considered, and I think that Ellen said Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, both sound I, I, fun. I didn't like do too much digging, but I do know they did say this. I think on Mad Ma- or on Blank Check, but basically the um, <clears throat> director of photography went into retirement after Fury Road and he was and he told George Miller if anyone asks I'm retired if you want to do this again we'll have lunch (laughs) and I'm like oh that's just it's so good (laughs) well I saw that the cinematographer John Seal came out of retirement for this to shoot Fury Road I think that's who it is (laughs) okay yeah he replaced Dean Semler who was a cinematographer for the previous two films so this one feels like very one. distinct. I mean, it's it, it feels like I mean, I just think about that one shot when right after Charlize fi- finds out that there is no green place in her home is not what she thought it was, and they're all dead basically. Mm-hmm. And then she like stumbles off to the side and like sits down on her knees, and the sand is whipping up around her, and mm-hmm. it's just like the wide shot, and you're just like, man, they know what they're doing. This movie, oh my god, <laughs> I'm so annoyed that I fell asleep because this movie's so like I'm getting so excited just thinking about it, and like. Oh, and this brings me back to the story I think I started this whole thing with was I saw this in theaters with friends and then afterwards I was like, this is so fucking cool. And uh, some of my friends had already seen it before and they were like, oh, you liked this? And I was like, yeah, it was awesome. And they were like, oh, we didn't think you would like it. And I was like, well, why would you invite me to see a movie you didn't think I would like? But needless to say, I loved it and then was like, oh, my God, I have to see it again. Who wants to go with me? I think I probably took my dad to see it because, you know, he probably saw the original Mad Maxes. Yeah. So I can see my dad liking this because famously his celebrity crush is Charlize. And, great pick, Bob. Um, great pick. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, Bob's, I mean, he's very pandering. I have a tall blonde mother, but he's always like, I like tall blondes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but uh, my mom definitely would not like this. <laughs> oh, yeah. My mom wouldn't like this at all. <laughs> like, the score is so good. Just, it's just awesome. And it's, like, it's more than just, I feel like action movies are always reduced down to, like, stunts. And, like, right. there's a really good story and, a, like, a narrative to it. And apparently right. the movie was shot, like, in order, which is kind of fun to think about as well. Yeah. So. Well, the other thing is I feel like a lot of the times it's, like, stunt for stunt's sake. You know? Like, mm-hmm. oh, and they're going to be – and then now this car is going to crash. Fast and the Furious. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yes. Am I wrong? <laughs> but <laughs> you're not wrong. <laughs> the cars can cars can jump out of a plane if they have a parachute on them, okay? <laughs> That's fine. Um uh no, but all all of the stunts in this movie are so crucial to like the plot line. Like mm-hmm. when they have like the polecats, it's so that they can grab the wives out of the car without injuring them and without mm-hmm. like crashing the car. Like that has a purpose. When they do the big rig like trap like that's so that the canyon collapses and the all the other cars can't get through it's intentional mm-hmm. and it's good mm-hmm. and also i like when the motorcycles go over them 
And yes. also I like um, anytime anyone is on top of the car and spits oil, spits fuel into like, I don't know anything about cars, <laughs> but there are those little pipes and they go out and they have a thing of oil and they like put it in their mouth and spit it into there to get like more gas, more gnaws, I guess. Mm-hmm. And it makes the trucks go faster. It's all just so fucking good. Damn. It's the best. It's the best. Happy five years. <laughs> I'm happy we watched it again. Happy five years. This Mad is a Max great Fury one. Road. You hold because... up. I'm curious to see, like, in the years <laughs> to come, as like, you know, special effects get better and better and better, how this compares. But in reality, yeah. this didn't use. It's like a lot of just live special yeah. live effects. And it so. feels so tangible. I. I just like I love it I obviously it's like coming up on the anniversary and blank check is doing it so it's like everywhere on my Twitter feed and I was like even if we weren't talking about this I was gonna watch Fury Road this weekend and I watched it and I was just like fucking hell. Mm-hmm. well and just Damn. like the way like from the second you're in the movie like you are just like it pulls you in in this like insane way it's so captivating right. which is right. to your point earlier why you're shocked when I fell asleep And I also love it really does explain nothing like why are the war dogs so pale they're out in the middle of the desert (laughs) why like all of this shit is like and then I mean it's basically like a cult but they don't really talk about that so much as you're like we're gonna it's gonna be a cult how do you know it's a cult there's a cult leader and they treat him like a cult leader that's all you need to know like when he's like he looked at me he looked at me you're like yeah "Ah, I understand everything now (laughs) yeah Nice. Also, how long is this movie? Two hours, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a tight two hours. I it's the fucking love that. It's the longest of Mad Max movies. Right. The others, I remember feeling like, you know, they they were shorter. But also, I mean, movies used to be just a little shorter, it feels like. Yeah. Like, in 2020, this movie would have been easily two and a half, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, we're living in a world where we know how successful this movie was. Oh, for sure. But two hours in, it's nice. It's it moves on at a great clip. It's Mm -hmm. so you like it? (laughs) Yeah, I I, uh, that's a two thumbs up from Meg. (laughs) (laughs) Five stars on a letterbox. I think so. I think I probably have four and a half, but that's because I I reserve five for like you're very picky with your fives. I'm less so, but let's see. I didn't log it yesterday because I've logged it before that max fury road oh i have it at four and a half mm. i'm gonna bump it up it's a four i just bumped five. it it's a five it's, it's a fucking fuck five, it's a five. <laughs> <laughs> done <laughs> oh my god where do we even go from here i don't know this is on i mean we've been doing a lot of fun throwbacks this did this is like a totally different vibe from things we've been talking about don't get me wrong half the time we get on this podcast it's just me being like good movie loved it Mm -hmm. um but i don't know this movie just has such energy yeah and even if you think you don't like watching this movies my god i would come out of there with like sprinting i have a pulled muscle I, I don't know. Should it we start a like gym that just plays scream. like super hype movies or like super intense action sequences? I just wonder how many like uh, I can't think of other movies that make me feel this jacked up. No. Like I, that's why it's a That's why I text you from the very <laughs> beginning when I started watching it. We just started texting about it and then I was like, okay, I'll save it for yeah. later. Yeah. I'm but, like, we are we're literally watching this so that later we can have a full discussion about it. And you were just texting me like, damn. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I mean, as soon as like the drum beats come in, oh I'm like, god. I'm in it. I'm ready. <laughs> oh, my God. It's I live, so I die, good. I live again. <laughs> I just, and then I remember afterward someone being like, I don't understand why there's a guy with a motorcycle, like, or with a guitar, like, they're at war. And I'm like, people used to go to war with fife and drums. It's a commentary. On a <laughs> also, it's cool. It has fucking a flamethrower on the yeah, end. He wears a mask. It's assholes. scary. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Well, it was a good one. Uh, yeah. I think next week we will be coming back to 2020. For yeah, the release of the Lovebirds. That pretty was fun. sounds pretty similar, you know. Right. I mean, there is like a, a car chase. I think if I'm if I'm remembering the trailer correctly. Yeah, I've seen the trailer one time. So uh, I, I really haven't seen this trailer a lot. 
it's should be fun. No. It's because we haven't been um, at the movies in a while. But. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Well, anyway, <sighs> this was fun. I'm glad I watched yeah. it. I'll probably finish it again tonight. Man, I confirm could put it on right now. Confirm that U2 is not played in it. I, I can't confirm that. Great. <laughs> that song? So, so you're allowed to sing? What? so you're allowed to sing and if I were to break oh. up the bridge of Dear John right now you'd hang up on me oh there's bye <laughs> <laughs> it was Dirty John I, I don't John even know if you could you could probably couldn't even recognize the bridge to Dear John you've only listened to the song once yeah I probably wouldn't know it um <laughs> so anyway we already kind of gave recommendations at the very beginning so right. yeah Avatar The Last Airbender now on Netflix what I said Avatar The Last Airbender now on oh. Netflix oh <laughs> Um. Yeah, Waco now That's on all. Netflix. I did cry yeah, a lot yeah. in the very last episode. Did you? I am like on the total no cry diet. Like I don't want to cry during anything, and that's why well, I'm watching Happy Feet Two. They like made gassed me cry your because... house and like <laughs> killed women and children. You just see these like babies, and you're like, oh boy. Well, that's why I'm saying that's why I don't want to watch Waco, Nora. Like, I'm not saying you're wrong for crying. I'm saying I don't want to watch something that's going to definitely make me cry. My good, that's my why good, I'm avoiding normal people. Everyone in my life is like, you'd really like normal people. I'm like, maybe under normal circumstances. Yeah. Not now. Micah just looked over to me and he was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I just don't like seeing children die. <laughs> like, sorry. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying I'm making <laughs> conscious decisions because of that. Yeah. I've I'm I've been like crying at things that shouldn't make me cry. Actually, that's not true. Babe is really emotional. I've obviously been on the Miller kick. Um, this isn't important. We can be done now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye. Watch Mad Max Fury Road. Bye. Hell yeah. To follow us on social media, follow us at on the underscore download on Twitter and at on the download podcast on Instagram. You can also find us individually at meganspell.com and laurenoriega.com.